This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Speakernomics Podcast, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. Speakernomics is the show where we flow and go and help you to know how to grow a thriving speaking business. Why? So you can change the world, of course. Now, join me for the journey, will you? Today, we're jumping into the biz, the speaking biz. Well, this is the Speakernomics Podcast, Robert. Yeah, but we want to go a little bit deeper. We want to talk about how you know not just speak, but how do you build something that solves big problems for customers? And what does that even look like to teach us the ways? We have our guest today, Grant Baldwin. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Man, dude, that's so good. That's so, you just need to be a hype man for every podcast everywhere. Thanks for letting me hang out with you, buddy. This is fun. <laughs> well, we keep it flowing, man. This show is hot, and you know we love to bring the home cooking. So speaking of home cooking, what's the main ingredient from your rock star recipe that you brought with you today? Holy cow. Where do I go? Uh, all right. So the biggest thing I would say right now that we're going to be spending some time talking about today is that as speakers, be more than a speaker. Be not just a speaker, but be a solution provider. And we're going to talk about different ways that uh, you can do that in our conversation today. Ooh, I love it. Awesome. Before we jump in with Grant, y'all have some opinions. I know you do. And you've got some quint some answers for the questions that we pose. So let's hear what you've got. Let's hop on over to the Speakernomics voicemail box to check out this week's voicemails. Hi, Robert. It's Scott Lesnick. The last time I backed up my Mac was last week. I do it every two to three weeks. This is Jessica Pettit, and I back up my computer three different ways every single day using Time Machine, because I'm a Mac, as well as Carbonite and OneDrive. And I back up uh, thumb drives that occasionally I put stuff on as well onto Carbonite. And I forgot. I also now automatically back up everything to Dropbox because I'm obsessed because you weirdos keep losing your stuff. So you keep making me back it up again. Ha! Mike Thomas here, and I back up my computer, my phone, all through Dropbox. So I live and breathe in Dropbox. So everything's on my computer, also in the Dropbox system, being backed up also in the Dropbox. So the other side of that question means I'm not going to another third party, fourth party as a backup. I don't do that and probably could and probably going to learn I should. Hey, this is Pierre, and my answer to the question, when's the last time you backed up your tablet, smartphone, or computer, is this. My phone is automatically backed up to the cloud, so I'm safe there. I don't have a tablet, but when it comes down to my computer, which I've had a little over six months, I haven't backed it up yet. And this 
question is a reminder that I should probably go do that now. So let me hurry up and end this message so I can go back on my computer. Kelly Swanson here. You asked me to come in here and answer the question, when was the last time I backed up my computer, smartphone, or tablet? Which I can't answer quickly and easily because when you say back up a computer, that means a couple of different things to me. My Mac is automatically backed up. My Scrivener software is automatically backed up and the data is put into Dropbox. Um, Every day, my Zoho files are automatically backed up. A copy is sent to me and then it gets stored in the cloud. Is that what you mean? Um, When we do automatic, oh, you're talking about backed up. So yes, I always back up my important things. Okay, hope that helps. Bye. Woo, we had a few this week. Kelly, Mike, Pierre, Scott, Jess, thank you so much for your thoughts and your responses. Whoa, these are so great. I love hearing your voices. And let's face it, we're speakers. Some of us love hearing our voices too. So don't miss this opportunity. Head on over to speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. That's speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. No software needed, no special permissions. Answer the questions, give us your thoughts, and bring the hot, spicy, juicy opinions. We've got you. We want to hear it. All right, let's get into it. Our guest today, Grant Baldwin, is a former youth pastor who figured out that pastors don't make a whole lot of money, so (laughs) he decided to do something else. He started a speaking career during a financial crisis, and he decided to give back to other speakers by starting his training company, Speaker Lab, in 2015. He's the author of The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. Grant, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, buddy. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. And so before people get mad at the whole youth pastor not making a lot of money thing, I'll just let you all know that I'm a PK, so I grew up with this, so I know what it's like. (laughs) You get it. You get it. Uh, I mean, at the time, though, like my first gig, the place where I was on staff at a church as a youth pastor, remember I I made $30,000 the the year and a half I was there. And I was like, man, this is amazing. This is like a billion (laughs) dollars. I'm rich, baby. We're going to retire. And then uh, real quick, you figure out, you start to learn more about speaking and getting paid for speaking, you're like, oh, that's different. That's very different. So it was a fun little uh, season of life, but it also opened the doors that led me to to the, the speaking world and us having this conversation. Yeah, man, this is fantastic. And I think we've been connected for at least a few years. I've had you on previous podcasts talking about Speaker Lab and what you were doing there. What would you say is the biggest question that speakers or people who are trying to be paid speakers ask you? Yeah, I think a lot of times it just kind of comes down to like, how do I get started? Mm-hmm. Because as you know, Robert, as we both know, like speaking is this mysterious world where a lot of people are interested in it. It's been one of those things that's been around for a long time, yeah. but there's still kind of this mysterious curtain of the basic questions of how do you get paid and what do you speak about and who hires speakers and like, how does this world work? And people oftentimes assume that there's some circuit or that you have to have, uh, it's had some crazy life obstacle that you've overcome, that you've conquered cancer or won a gold medal or climbed Mount Everest and you're short, blindfolded, and like these crazy things and the reality is, is like it, it's not that different from any other business, but you just got to kind of understand how it works and what the process is. And so a mistake a lot of people make is sitting back and going like, well, I like speaking. I want to do more of it. And now I'm just going to hopefully people find out about me. And that's the way a lot of times people get started is, you know, I've spoken a few things. I was paid a time or two. Someone referred something to me. I had some word of mouth. And that's great when that happens, but you cannot build a business that way. Yeah. And so I think the biggest question that a lot of speakers have is just oftentimes around, 
I don't know what I don't know. How do I get started? Where do I go from here? So that really applies to the emerging or the starting speakers. What questions are some of the experienced speakers asking? Or as you look at the businesses of experienced speakers, what are some of the mistakes that you see them constantly making that you're like, dude, we've got to fix that? Yeah, I think one of the big challenges that I see a lot of speakers start to deal with is uh, I remember early on, I had a, a speaker friend, a mentor tell me speaking is a high paying manual labor job <laughs> in that we all get paid really, really well to stand on stage and run our mouths. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. But this is the industry that we have been blessed with. But the nature of it is, is that you have to get on a plane. You have to go somewhere. You have to show up. Mm-hmm. You have to leave your family. And, you know, there's parts of it like that. The one hour that you're on stage is amazing. And as we all well know, everything else is pretty tedious. It's pretty boring. It's pretty monotonous. I would rather be home. I would rather be with my family, right? And so it's kind of, in some ways, it's similar to like a surgeon. A surgeon makes really, really good money for doing surgery, but the nature of it is they got to show up and do surgery. If you take a week off, you take a month off, you go on vacation, you get hit by a bus, any number of things happen. You don't have a business. You have a job. It's a cool job. It's a nice job. It's a high paying job, but it is a job. And so that's oftentimes the case with speakers who feel, they feel trapped and they feel stuck going, I love like speaking, but there's only so many dates I can do. There's only so much I can charge. And really quickly, you hit a ceiling because the whole thing is built upon you. And as the speaker, you become the bottleneck to the growth of your own business. So how do I think about that differently? Because as you just mentioned, you, you're speaking for an hour. If you get sick, something happens and you can't speak, then the cash infusion ceases. Right? right. So what do I need to do as a speaker to build out a business that works whether I'm speaking or not. Yeah, well, first of all, let me say that there are some people who all they do is speak, 100% of the revenue is speaking, that's all they ever want to do, that's all they've ever done, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, right? So I think one of the fun things about the speaking industry is everyone gets to pick and choose what makes sense for them. So, mm-hmm. Robert, we both know people who do 100 gigs a year, and they've always done that, and that's all they ever want to do, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with it. They don't want to do a book. They don't want to do coaching. They don't want to do a course. They don't want to do consulting. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And other speakers, they do 10 gigs a year, and they're real selective on which ones they do, but then they've got some other different pieces of the pie and the puzzle that fit together and make the business work. So again, it's important to note that although there are a variety of different models of how you could do it, at the end of the day, you get to decide what makes the most sense for you, for your family, for your goals, for your ambitions, and whatever that is, whatever you determine that that makes sense for you, that's totally acceptable. That's totally fine. In addition, allow yourself some of the permission for it to evolve and change. So everybody's stage of life where you live, live, what you're trying to accomplish, what you want to do is going to inform and influence some of these decisions about how speaking ultimately fits into the business. So give yourself some permission there to kind of figure it out and kind of evolve and change over time. But at the same time, if you say, Hey, all I want to do is speaking. Speaking is a blast. I love being on planes. I love traveling around. I love doing that. I love being in front of people and seeing their reactions and helping them have breakthroughs and unlocks. That's great. Keep doing that. And that can still continue to be a major part or the complete part of your business. Well, you talked about at the beginning, making that switch though, from speaker to solution provider. So let's first of all define, what's the difference between the two? 
Yeah, I think oftentimes like we think of speakers as exactly what they are, whether you're doing a, a keynote or a breakout or a workshop or a seminar or some form of training, like you stand up in front of an audience, either virtually or in person, and you are speaking and delivering some type of content. And obviously we all buy in and believe that that is an extremely, extremely effective way to help a client or to help an audience or to help a, a company or whatever it may be. And so one of the things that we, we talk a lot about with the, the clients and students that we work with is as speakers, we are more than than just speakers. Speaking is a medium. It is a way to go about providing a solution. But there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Again, that could be in the form of a book or it could be in the form of maybe a train-the-trainer model or doing some type of partnership with a company or could be doing consulting or coaching. It could be doing a, a some type of curriculum or training-based material. Like There's just a lot of different ways that you can go about this that goes way beyond you having to stand on stage and speak. And so whenever you are providing a solution to an audience or to a client. You're doing that via speaking, but be thinking through what are other methodologies that you could do that for. And again, realize like you don't have to do them all. If you kind of determine not only what your client is interested in or the typical clients that you work with, what that industry is interested in, what they're used to, but then also like what are the, the methodologies that resonate with you, the things that you want to do. And again, kind of going back to the idea of you get to build the business in a way that makes sense for you and what it is that you want to accomplish. And so the more clear you are on that uh, and the more clear you are on the types, the, the formats of solutions that your industry is used to receiving, then you can start to kind of figure in and dial in on what makes sense for you in terms of how you can best provide a, a solution to your clients. You uttered a phrase just now that I think a lot of us struggle with. You said the more clear you are on that. Let, let's talk for a second. How did you get clear? What was the process that you used to gain clarity on what type of business you were going to build and maybe even the lane that you were going to occupy? A couple things. So today, uh, like you mentioned, I run a training company for speakers called The Speaker Lab, where we teach people how to find a book, paid speaking engagements. And a lot of this came out of my own story. You know, I was speaking 60, 70 gigs a year and had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How do I do that? And everybody listening who's doing a, uh, any level of speaking gets asked those same questions, right. right? So there's nothing special about anything I was doing, but people were asking those questions. And there's really, as, as we all know, there's kind of two sides to the equation. There's the art side of speaking and, and creating and delivering a great talk, which is absolutely important. It's one of your most important marketing assets is your talk and your presentation. And then there's the business side of how do you actually find and book gigs and how do you treat this like a business? Mm -hmm. Because again, the, the mistake that a, a lot of speakers make is they treat it like a hobby and I'm waiting for someone to find me or I'm, I, I got my website, I got my demo video, and now I just sit back for, and wait for the phone to ring. That just doesn't work. And so I felt like for me personally, again, this is just me, I felt like I'd created good systems and processes for how do you find and book gigs? How do you do this on a consistent basis? I started doing some coaching and training around that. That was going well. The clients that I was working with were booking gigs. They were building their own businesses. And I was like, hey, I think we're on to something here. And so that's when I started kind of leaning into that. So, you know, if we fast forward to today, the Speaker Lab is a fairly decent sized company. We've got about 35 team members. We're a completely virtual company, but it was never like from day one, like, okay, I have this grand, super clear vision of this is what it's going to become. Like this is way surpassed anything that I ever anticipated. And so a couple 
couple of thoughts there. One was hearing a bunch of people asking questions, me feeling like I'm uniquely suited to help solve some of those questions and help point people in the right direction. And part of what the Speaker Lab was, was it's what I wish I had when I got started. I was that same guy who's going like, man, how do you find gigs? Like, I feel like right. I can do this. I just need someone to, to tell me what to do, you know? And we all get hit up with people who are asking us questions. Can I pick your brain? And I was doing the same thing. I was just emailing speakers and stalking them and harassing them. And let me ask you questions. And, you know, just doing that thing that we all do. So trying to just codify it and demystify it and systematize and show, hey, here's the steps that you need to take. And so when we started doing that, it was just the next logical step yeah. of, of doing that. And then as the business has grown, then it's, again, just kind of like the next, like none of this at this point has been like, ah, this, you know, this magical grand plan that's all played out exactly like I anticipated, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Like, it's not that at all. Yeah. So uh, one way to think about this, a good analogy is it's kind of like driving a car at night. When you're driving a car at night, you can literally only see a few feet in front of you, but you can drive hundreds and hundreds of miles that way. Mm -hmm. And that's the case for all of our careers, well, regardless of how long you've been a speaker is, you know, sometimes there's like some thought and some intentionality and some planning that goes into it. Absolutely. Right. But there's also some stuff where you're just like, I don't know, this was like a good guess and uh, an educated guess. And I'm going to take the next logical step and we'll figure it out from there. And we're going to drive a little bit further and the headlights will show a little bit further down the road. But I don't, I don't know about the roadblocks and constructions and detour and, and everything that may be happening up the road there. So I think it's just important to note, like every speaker, every entrepreneur, every one of us, we are making it up as we go. We are. <laughs> Hello, Speakernomics listeners. This is Taylor here with Speaker Flow, and I have an awesome update for all of you. Now, if you are not a SpeakerFlow customer yet and you are looking to systemize your business, you want to run the entire thing under one roof and have us handle all the migration and implementation for you, NSA members get 10% off of any of our implementation tiers. So if you're remotely interested, I highly recommend scheduling a demo. Head to speakerflow.com demo and book one there. <laughs> doing our best and just figuring it out as we go. And I'm no different. In fact, I, I shared with our team this morning, like you mentioned, Robert, I was a youth pastor for a little while. And then pretty much from there, I got into speaking. And so I've never really had like a traditional job. And, and so I said, the Speaker Lab is the biggest company that I've ever worked for. Right. I, you know, I'm 20 plus years into my career. And I was like, there's a lot of days I don't know what I'm doing and I'm making it up as I go and we're figuring it out. So I think, again, it's just important just to, to, to take a little bit of the pressure off, assuming like, man, everybody else seems like they got it all figured out. They don't. Yeah. Everybody is making it up as they go. They're doing their best, putting one step in front of the other. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you keep showing up, you keep showing up and you keep putting in the work and you start to build, a, I think, a little bit of momentum over time. I want to address something that you, you mentioned. You talked about figuring out what is working in your business and then kind of doing more for more of that and then building from there. There are cases where somebody is doing something and it's working and it's growing, mm -hmm. but they don't really like it. Mm. <laughs> what, what do you do if you are building momentum and you're gaining acceleration and the money's coming in, but you're not finding the joy in that direction. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So let's go back to one thing we touched on earlier, where as speakers, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we get to design the rules of the game for us. Okay. So let me give an example. I don't love coaching. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite thing. I don't feel like I'm great at it. And so when we started the speaker lab pretty quickly, we hired some coaches who could, who could handle, like I worked with them, I trained them and they do a lot of the coaching. I do some group stuff here and there with, with some of our students and clients, but I'm not doing a, much uh, one-on-one or group coaching because it's just something I personally don't necessarily enjoy. Another thing is that we have never really done events at all as a company. We work with a lot of clients and a lot of students, but there's obviously a case to be made for your speaker training company. Like, why wouldn't you get people together? And part of it is just me going like, yeah, but I don't want to. I, like I, I like being a virtual company. I just want to. I want to be home. And so yeah, there's things like could I do more one-on-one coaching? Could we do events? Sure. And in fact, we we're talking lately about doing some events at some point and what that could look like. But again, like as the business owner, like I, I get to design the rules of the game. Yeah. And so just because like there's opportunities with coaching or just because there's opportunities with live events or whatever it may be, I a thousand percent know that we are leaving money on the table. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because also at the same time, like not in addition to you designing the rules of the game. It's not just from like an ROI perspective, but it also just like a quality of life perspective. You know, you don't want to create a business that ultimately you hate and going like, man, I'm killing it. I'm making a bunch of money. I'm speaking on some big stages, but like, I don't like the clients I work with. I don't like the type of work that I'm doing. I'm not really into this topic that I'm speaking on or the problem that I'm solving. Like, it's just hard to, to sustain a business doing that. You may be chasing a dollar for a second or that's kind of the hot item of the or the flavor of the week type of thing, but like, that's just not gonna last. And so ultimately at the end of the day, decide for you what makes sense and what's the kind of business that you wanna be providing. And so I'll give you one other example. When it comes to speaking, there's a lot of different types of speaking, right? And Mm -hmm. I've always felt, for me personally, when I'm booking gigs, I feel like I'm really good in like a one hour slot. Yeah. And that's about it. So the idea of doing like, hey, let's do a three day workshop with 50 people and just go deep in the weeds for 10 hours a day. There are people listening right now that are like, oh, heck yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds amazing. And I'm here, I'm going like, that sounds awful. That sounds miserable, (laughs) right? And again, it's not that one's better or worse worse than the other, but like you get to design the rules to the game that makes sense for you. And so for me, I'm recognizing like, all right, here's some things I enjoy. Here's some things I'm good at. Here's some things I don't enjoy and some things I'm not good at. So let's build the business in that way that it makes sure that it checks those boxes. So if you were to do this again, you've been in this thing almost 20 years, you're saying, and if you were to start again, what is one top thing that you would do differently to accelerate the process for you? Well, a couple of things come to mind. One big thing I would say is to really treat this like a business. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that there's a lot of people that come into this because let's, let's all be honest, like speaking is a lot of fun. It's very glamorous. It's sexy. You can make a lot of money. It can be very lucrative. I mean, it checks a lot of boxes of what people are looking for. Right. Uh, and so it's, it can be a really cool thing. And so oftentimes people are like intrigued by some of this stuff. But one of the things like we don't uh, hold back on is you just say, yeah, you can do this, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, And so we always say like, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Meaning like, it's kind of like if you wanted to lose 10 pounds, like what do you need to do? Well, I'm no health expert or consultant or anything, 
my no, like you got to do two things. You need to pay attention to what you eat and you need to exercise. <laughs> That's it. It's simple, but it's yeah. not easy, right? Otherwise we'd all be skinny and sexy like Robert, <laughs> but like we're not. And so at the end of the day though, like we have to put in the work. And so the speakers that we see that are really, really successful that come out of the gate are the ones that just like, no, I'm not like, I'm not kicking the tires on this. This isn't some type of like pipe dream. This isn't like a little side hustle. Like, ah, someday it'd be kind of cool to speak. They're like, no, no, I'm going to make this happen with you or without you, but I'm doing the work and I'm head down, like putting it in the work. And so like those speakers are the ones where you're just like, oh, dang, like they're going to crush this because it's, it's so much more than just kind of this, like, oh, this would be kind of fun. I would love to try speaking sometime. They, they know like this is work and I'm ready to do the work. Just point me in the right direction and let's get it done. And so those speakers are the ones that ultimately see the results that they're looking for. So ultimately what I say is like, if you treat it like a hobby, you can't expect professional results. And if you treat it like a professional, then that's the where you can really start to, to, to thrive. So when you talk about being a solution provider one of the ways that looks is like a training company like you've mentioned mm -hmm. what are some of the other ways that this can look yeah, so we talked through um, whether it's doing a book mm -hmm. or doing consulting. Um, some of it depends on the industry, and again, some of it depends on what you're interested in. So let me give another example, uh, and I've talked a lot about this before, but the book, The Successful Speaker that you mentioned, was a book that we had come out February of 2020. If everyone recalls, February of 2020 is right before the world fell apart. Yep. So when you have a book coming out about how to book speaking <laughs> gigs, and then the world decides, like, now we're closed, like, it's just not, it's not great timing. But the book was actually ghost written with a friend of mine, Jeff Goins. And Jeff is, if people are familiar, he's a very, very successful author. Yeah. And the book kind of originated with Jeff had texted me one time several years ago and uh, he and I are good friends. And he said, Hey, do you have any interest in writing a book? And I had self-published a book a few years before writing a book as a crap load of work, as a lot of people know. And I didn't really enjoy the process. It wasn't my favorite thing. So I was like, yeah, I see the value of a book, but I, I'm not really interested. And so I, I told him kind of like half joking, half serious, I'll do a book if you write it. And then he texted back and he's like, well, maybe, are you serious? And then it kind of came into this thing of like, well, maybe, are you serious? It's like, I like you, do you like me? And you know, that yes, type no, of maybe. thing. And so we, we started talking over the next couple of months. Basically, like I said, hey, I, I've got all the IP, the the case studies, the stories, the examples, feedback, but like, I, I don't know how to turn it into a book. And so I worked with Jeff for a couple of months and he was the scribe. He was the writer of the content. And so he'd say, hey, talk to me about speaking fees. And I'd just ramble on for a while about speaking fees. And he'd take all those incoherent thoughts and turn them into a book. So all that to say, the book, was one of those things that like it is a methodology of how you could go about providing a solution but it was one of those things that like i knew personally for me just my skill set it wasn't something I was super amped about, but it was a matter of finding someone who was good at that, who was passionate about that, who was into that. Like we talked about earlier, like you get to design the rules of the game in a way that makes sense for you. As for me going like, I see the value of a book. I don't really want to sit down and write a book. So how can I work with someone else who loves writing books, who's way better at it than I am? How do I work with them to actually create the book? So again, that's just one example of what you could do to provide a solution, but also doing it in a way that makes sense and, and resonates with you and what you want to accomplish. I love where we've ended up with this because I'm already thinking about some of the things that I can do or some of the things that I'm going to recommend to others. And I think ultimately one of the big things that you're saying is wherever you want to end up, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you do manually yourself. You can hire that out or you can partner with somebody or you can just say, hey, let's co-host or co-brand an event together and and really create 
what we both want to create. And I, I love that. So let's wrap this by having you ask the audience a question. What is something that you want them to think about and maybe come back with an answer for? Yeah, here's the question that I want you to think about is who is a speaker who is a step or two ahead of you, not a light years ahead of you, but a step or two ahead of you that has the type of business model that you would like to emulate? I've always thought that that has been a helpful exercise because it helps to crystallize it for me. Because when I'm thinking through like, all right, I like this and I like that. I'm not sure what this would look like. And But when I can see someone like, oh, okay, like that. Like there are speakers right now that we all know who you look at and you're like, they are doing business in a way that makes sense and mm-hmm. doing it in a way that resonates with me. That that. I can connect with and other speakers that you look at and say, Hey, nothing wrong with them. They're running a different game, running a different race. They're playing a different game. And that's awesome. You know, but like, that's not appealing for me. So when I hear about a speaker who's doing, you know, a hundred gigs a year on the road all the time, like I don't, that doesn't sound fun, but to them, they may be like, Grant, what you're doing sounds lame. I get it. That's totally fine, you know? And again, like everybody gets to decide, but it's helpful to see some other models to just to get a sense of like what's out there. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like when I got into the speaking industry, like I, I didn't, uh, like in high school, college, I didn't see this on the menu mm-hmm. being a professional speaker. Like not, not a lot of us like knew this was a thing. And then somehow we stumbled into it or discovered it. And you're like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like this is the best kept secret. This is awesome. Yeah. And so I I think looking for other people who are doing something similar to what you want to do and doing it in a way that you want to do it, I think provides some models. So the question would be, who is a speaker? Give some shout outs, give some love to them here on the podcast uh, and let us know, like, who is that speaker who's a step or two ahead of you that is doing business in a way that resonates with you and how you want to learn from Fantastic. You've heard the question. Head on over to speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. Leave us your thoughts. I'm looking forward to some of the responses and the answers and some of the shout outs that Grant mentioned. So let's hear some of the legacy people who you are following and who you want to build businesses like. It doesn't have to be exactly like theirs because as Grant has alluded to this entire podcast, guess what? It might look a certain way from the outside, but when you get in it, you get to make up your own rules. You get to create what you want to create. Nobody else can tell you but you. Forget the comparison game. Decide that you're going to build your own building the way that you want to build it. Listen, I'm so glad that you've joined us for this episode of Speakernomics. It's been a fantastic episode. Thank you to our guest, Grant Baldwin, for all of the amazing knowledge that you've shared with us. Let's do this. Do me a favor. Join us again next time. And if you haven't done this yet, invite somebody else to listen to the Speakernomics podcast, the podcast where you learn more about how to speak, get paid, repeat. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.